Marshall slides it around the rim. He's got Eichel, top of the left circle, closing in. He shoots, he scores! Jack Eichel, power play goal! Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Locke looks up, taps it back, Dodonov in the middle, he shoots, he scores! Jubilation! Vegas in overtime! Chevrolet, Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios, and live at lvsportsnetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Hour number two of the VGK Insider Show rolling along here on a Friday. It's the final VGK Insider Show until September. We will be back with you the day after Labor Day, I believe September 6th, so mark your calendars if you're so inclined right now, or just enjoy your summer. I don't know. Just enjoy your summer. That's all I've got for you. Listen to the Aquabats. Enjoy your summer. Uh, and it, before you know it, we'll be talking about training camp. We'll be talking about preseason. We'll be talking about Jack Eichel and Mark Stone, hopefully, ready to go into the 2022-23 NHL season. But before we get there, we've still got one more hour left here and I want to get into winners and losers from the beginning of free agency. The first three days or so of free agency have come and gone. Some teams have improved. Some teams have done the opposite of improving. Uh, other teams, for whatever reason, have decided that Nick Delorier needs trade protection on a four-year contract. I, I don't know. I I'm not going to like give you my list right now. But we are going to get into winners and losers so far of NHL free agency. So Chapman, I don't want to. I don't want you to just give me your your three winners right off the bat. I want you to just give me the team that you've got at the top of your list. Give me the first winner that you have on your list, Chris Chapman. Well, I I would say the Columbus Blue Jackets are are the the, mm. the big winners. I think anytime you get the top free agent available on the market, I think it's automatically. I mean, it it would be really hard for you not to win. Um, what else they do, I, I I don't know, but I think the fact that Columbus, which is a a, a non destination, a, a non traditional hockey market, was able to sign the biggest free agent on the market, I think it's a, it's a huge win for the Columbus Blue Jackets, and and I I I know they're 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 probably not a Stanley Cup contender. It's not a move that makes them a contender, but I think. In context of who they are and what they were able to do, it's a massive, massive win for that franchise. Yeah, I too have the Columbus Blue Jackets as my number one winner in free agency so far, uh, despite the oh boy, despite the fact that uh, Yarmo Kekalainen also signed Eric Goodbranson to a four-year, four million dollar AAV contract. Um, that's nothing against Eric Goodbranson, but he was slow at thirty. So like it's 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 a contract that's not going to age particularly well. Like it it was not a good contract to. Sign. However, getting Johnny Gaudreau is massive for the Columbus Blue Jackets. I, I do think it changes the trajectory, perhaps around the conversation of Patrick Laine. I think if you're Laine and you see that you've got an opportunity now to play with um... Johnny Gaudreau. I, I don't think you pass that up if you're Patrick Line. I think that, that that can put a lot of money in the pocket of Patrick Line down the road. So it's it doesn't make Columbus contenders by any stretch. 
Do I think that they have a team that, that can push for the playoffs if Patrick Laine's content and Johnny Gaudreau is every bit as good as he was this year uh, for, for the Calgary Flames? Yeah, I, I think that they can push for the playoffs. But it's more about the lasting impact of having a free agent choose Columbus and choose Columbus not because they're going to throw $12 million at you year after year, not because they had to overpay for you, but because they actually got you under market value. That is going to change a lot of the perception around the league, I think, of the Columbus Blue Jackets. So good on Johnny Gaudreau for that. And by the way, uh, we're saving it. We're going to get to a little bit of Johnny Gaudreau news when we get into one-timers. So Chapman. Give me your number one loser so far of NHL free agency. Well, this one's a little more tough, but I'm going to I'm going to stick with the theme <laughs> and I'm going to say that the Calgary Flames are the big loser in free agency so far. Um mm. I think for for the same reason Columbus is the big winner, I think when you're unable to keep a 115 point guy in your market considering you have some really good talent around him you've got a really good goaltender you made it to the second round of the playoffs the fact that you're unable to keep that guy and not only that the fact that we're now day three and they've basically done nothing in free agency it's good they haven't overreacted and and gone out and given someone a massive massive deal who probably didn't deserve that deal but I think the fact that they haven't really been active in, in trying to replace what they lost, I, I think that makes you a big loser. And that could change, but as of right now, they, they are the big loser. Yeah, I, I'm not going to disagree with you here in, in Calgary, mainly because I think the the Johnny Gaudreau decision to go to free agency, to test the market, to not re-sign in Calgary, effectively shut the door on the window for the Calgary Flames. And when you spent... Eight years of Johnny Gaudreau and, you know, four-ish years, five-ish years of, of Matthew Kachuk chasing down a window, hoping for a window to open. It finally opens for a season, and then you lose to the Edmonton Oilers. Like, you lose to vintage, pinnacle, bad goaltending Mike Smith. Like, that was that was the opportunity for the Calgary Flames. It's not just that Johnny Gaudreau left. It's the fact that they went out in such, such ridiculous and and frankly disappointing measures against the Edmonton Oilers in the second round of the playoffs and then Johnny Gaudreau leaves I don't think Matthew Kachuk sticks around for for a long for a long term or, or really for his any any longer than he needs to I think that that's the beginning of the end for the Calgary Flames I, I think they've just lost way too much so now we're going to go to your next next team on the board Chapman on the winner column who you got oh I'm going to go with the Detroit Red Wings I think what they were able to do mm. in free agency, they signed, not only did they sign a lot of players, they signed a lot of good players. They went out and got Ben Sherratt. Obviously, Andrew Kopp mm-hmm. is, is the crown jewel of their free agent uh, uh, free agent signings. I love the the David Perron. Dominic Kubalik was kind of under the radar because they had done so much. But what I love about these signings, Ryan, they didn't commit a lot of term and they didn't commit a lot of money to all these guys outside of the cop signing, the Perron signing, only two years, the Kubalik signing, only two years, and they got him really cheap. The other signing that they had that kind of slid under the radar, and I think it's a really good depth signing on the defensive side, is Ali Mata. And, and that's a one year deal. So again, they didn't commit a lot of money. They didn't commit a lot of term. If it doesn't work, he's he's gone in a year. 
But I really like what Steve Eiserman did in, in, in this free agency period. He, he paired some really good veteran players, brought in a guy who maybe will be the centerpiece of their franchise for, for, for a couple years to go with those young, super talented players that they have like Lucas Raymond and obviously Moritz Sider. So I think the fact that Detroit was able to not only sign some, some really good players, but they were able to do it within the constraints to where they still have $10 million remaining in their salary cap. So I, I I think the fact that they did it, they have a ton of money left. I, I I think Detroit absolutely comes out looking like a like 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 a I don't know. I'm I'm trying to think of something. They come out looking really really good. <laughs> um, I, just to kind of recap what Steve Eiserman's been able to do so far, he gets Andrew Cop uh, five by five point six two five. David Perron. 2 by 4.75 Dominic Kubalik 2 by 2.5 Ben Sherrod This uh, like I'm not as high on Ben Sherrod as, as maybe other people are but Ben Sherrod 4 by 4.75 and then the the one that you know isn't necessarily going to be viewed through the lens of free agency but going out and acquiring goaltender Vili Husso and signing him to a 3 year $4.75 million contract a, a tandem of Vili Husso and noted vote getter in the Calder trophy, Alex Nedeljkovic. So I I like what Steve Eiserman has done, but for the sake of not just echoing your your picks, Chapman, uh, I'm gonna go with everyone's favorite team, the Ottawa Senators. Uh, the Ottawa Senators landed in, in my estimation one of the bigger free agents that are out there. I know Claude Giroux is older, he's thirty four years old, but you would have never Two years ago, been able to get Claude Giroux or any free agent for that matter to sign with the Ottawa Senators. You just wouldn't have been able to do it. It's not something that would have happened. They were able to get out from under the Matt Murray contract. They were able to get a an All Star goaltender in Cam Talbot into or, or onto the team. The only thing, legitimately, and oh yeah, that's right. They also traded for Alex DeBrincat and traded literally nothing back in return. So and then signed Josh Norris to a, a an eight-year contract extension, and there was never a talk of a bridge deal. Like, Pierre Dorian all of a sudden is managing the team and managing it the way that I would imagine he'd like to manage it, and now the Ottawa Senators are looking really good. Like, I like this team up front. I think there's a ton of skill, a ton of talent up front for the Ottawa Senators. I still think they need a, a defenseman, and if Pierre Dorian can finesse that some way, then they're absolutely going to be vaulted ahead of Columbus in my estimation for free agency the draft all that but it's hard to argue with what the Ottawa Senators have been able to do and how they've changed the perception of their franchise over the course of the last three days give me your next loser Chapman well this one may come as a surprise to to you and 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 the listeners but I'm going to say the New York Islanders are a big loser for the simple fact that they have done absolutely Nothing. Lou Lamarillo has has stood on his hands or sat on his hands, hasn't signed anybody. I'm also going to add this as to why, and, and this could change, but they have a star player in Matthew Barzal who is in a very similar situation as Matthew Kachuk in that he's entering the final year. Well, it's not similar. I mean, Kachuk is obviously an RFA now, but he's going into his RFA final year under contract. And if I'm him, am I going to commit long-term to the Islanders? 
when when they've done absolutely nothing to help the team get better. This was a team that moved into a brand new stadium or brand new arena last year. They started on the road. They started terrible after back-to-back Eastern Conference final appearances in which they were really damn close to going to a Stanley Cup final. And who knows? They probably would have beaten the Montreal Canadiens and won the Stanley Cup that, that second year. They've done nothing to get better. And they, they've gotten worse. And it's 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 got to be frustrating for Islander fans because you've got this shiny new toy that you waited 50 years to get because Nassau Coliseum was basically falling apart. You, you, you can't do nothing. You, you, you have to go out, and, and I understand they were in on the Johnny Goudreau sweepstakes. We don't know how serious they were, what the offer was. That's obviously never going to get out of Long Island. <laughs> but you didn't land Goudreau. You've, you've done nothing to improve your team. And you have a star player in Matthew Barzal who enters the final year of his contract before he, he becomes a restricted free agent. I, I I mean, you could be talking about a team that within a matter of two or three years went from being a Stanley Cup contender to an afterthought in the, in the East. And at this point, I don't think they're a playoff team. In fact, I, I, I don't know what they need to do to become one, but it's got to be what they're not something that they're not doing now, which is nothing because you have to do something and they've done nothing. You know, that's interesting. Um, I'm not going with the Islanders, but I am going with a team that lost out on the Johnny Gaudreau sweepstakes. And, and to be frank, it's the team that would have won the Johnny Gaudreau sweepstakes if they were in it. And that's the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, okay. The Philadelphia Flyers, big acquisitions on trade deadline. Or, I'm sorry, on, on free agency day, were Nick DeLaurier, four years, $1.75 million AAV, and a modified no-trade clause. A a modified no-trade Who's giving Nick DeLaurier trade protection? Seriously, who's doing this? Why are you doing this? Nick DeLaurier is a very, very useful penalty killer. He will hit... He will fight. He's not good at much else. Like that—that that is me being as honest as possible when it comes to, to Nick Delorier. I think that there's a lot of energy he could bring. I, I certainly think that that you can get some strong penalty killing. But as far as offensive, just any metric at five on five you want to measure, a good hockey player, Nick Delorier ain't it. And yet, the Philadelphia Flyers felt the need to give him trade protection. Uh, they traded assets to acquire and then sign Tony D'Angelo to a two-year, $5 million contract. They are paying Tony D'Angelo and Rasmus Ristolainen just over $10 million. That is two defensemen who do not play defense. And their coach is John Tortorella. What do you think is going to happen? The only thing that they did that makes even remotely any sense when it comes to who their coach is is they went out and they got Justin Braun. Oh, by the way, he's 35 years old, and he's not as good as he used to be. But he fits the mold at least a little bit of what John Tortorella is going to want out of his defenseman. Yeah, And by the way... By the way, they would not move James Van Riemsdyk to open up the money that they could have used to potentially sign Johnny Gaudreau. Okay, that's fine. But this is a team that's already up against it cap-wise, and that is going to get even worse if Ryan Ellis or Sean Couturier can come back and play as early as next season because that's $14 million that would be in LTIR that you're going to have to work around. The Flyers are a mess. 
<laughs> it's it's hysterical how bad. I mean, we we we've talked about maybe mismanaging the cap here. Philadelphia Flyers have taken that to a whole new level. I could not imagine doing what you and I do in Philadelphia if we were talking about the Flyers. Because I, I could see their fans being ready to burn down their arena because that's how bad things have gotten there. This is a team that, again, not too long ago, they they were the number one team out of the East in the bubble. And they've they found a way to not be able to build off of that. And to make matters worse, they're they're gonna ruin Carter Hart. Like mm-hmm. he he's he's super talented. He he's really good, but they're gonna ruin him because they're gonna be so bad defensively, which is which is funny. And what what blows me away is you knew it's not it's not like Johnny Goudreau hitting the market was a shock to them. Like it's not like every like everyone was caught off guard by that. Everybody knew he was going to become a, 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 a UFA this year. If you're Philadelphia, knowing how he felt about wanting to come home and play across the Delaware River from Salem, New Jersey, in Philadelphia, to, to not prepare for that and not be in a position to where you can go out and sign him, how Chuck Fletcher has a job is beyond comprehension. I mean, I'm not the guy to call for people to be fired, and I would never do that, but it, it's really head-scratching how he's still employed because he has done a horrific job managing that team and managing the cap. All right, your final winner, Chapman, the last of the the last of the good teams. Well, I'm going to say Carolina. I think any time you, you can add two players like Brent Burns and Max Pacioretty for basically mm-hmm. free, I mean, I understand you, you gave up a couple prospects. The goalie prospect they gave up is supposedly pretty good. I mean, but it's a prospect. I'll, I'll, I'll take my chances and get something that's established like Brent Burns. The fact that they were able to add those two guys for absolutely nothing, it, 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 you're, you're always going to win when you do that. Now, the, the problem is they probably won't be able to sign Niederreiter, but I think you, you probably are pretty happy with the idea of having Brent Burns and Max Pacioretty there to kind of fill the void scoring-wise uh, because Niederreiter, he, he, he didn't reach 50 points last year, which I, I would have been – I looked it up and I was like, there's no way. Like this guy, he, he had to have more than 50 points, and he didn't. So I, I think adding those two players – is a, is a, and I know they're not free agent signings, but they're in the free agency period. So I'm going to say Carolina gets a W there for me. Yeah, I'm I'm in on the Carolina Hurricanes too. I think that they were able to. The the thing for me with Carolina is that they didn't actually have to pay anybody. Like they didn't have to negotiate a contract with an unrestricted free agent. They addressed two needs: a minute munching. Uh, difference maker offensively defenseman. Uh, essentially, a Tony D'Angelo that you can trust a little bit more than Tony D'Angelo on the ice. And that's what they're getting out of Brent Burns. And then you've got an elite goal scorer, Max Pacioretty. And if you were able to do that and you didn't have to overpay, in fact, you got Brent Burns at a discount, I think that that makes a lot of sense. They're a team that I don't think needed to to go too crazy in free agency, but I do think that they needed a little bit more veteran leadership and a little bit more uh, 
a little bit more from guys that have been in the trenches in the playoffs before. You get that from Pacioretty and from Brent Burns. I love the moves from the Carolina Hurricanes. Now they just have to come to terms with Ethan Bear because I, I do think they need Bear on the blue line in Carolina, and they've got to figure out what they're doing with Martin Natchez. And, and once they've got those guys locked up, I think the Carolina Hurricanes are in a really good spot going into next year. And so now we turn our attention to the final loser, Chapman. Who do you got? Minnesota Wild are a loser to me. <laughs> and it, it stems from the fact that they are hamstrung because they're paying $12.74 million to two players who aren't on their team. So they were a bit hamstrung. So it forced them to trade away Kevin Fiala, who is a, a really, really good player. Uh, unfortunately, we're going to see a lot of him here in Vegas, and we're going to be reminded mm-hmm. how good he is every time he comes to T-Mobile Arena. And we can thank the Minnesota Wild for mismanaging their cap. But then I think the fact that they traded away Cam Talbot, I I, I understand that, that maybe there was a goalie controversy and maybe you didn't want a part of that. But the fact that you traded him away and you are now relying on a 37-year-old Marc-Andre Fleury to basically carry you, this is a team that didn't get better. They got substantially worse. And it's not Fleury's fault that they're substantially worse, but trading away Fiala and trading away a, a really good 1B goalie, you, you're not going to improve your team that way. And, and you know, they they were right there with St. Louis in the in the Central as far as being the, the, the number two seed out of, the, out of that division. They've taken a substantial step back. They're now a, a bit behind the St. Louis Blues, I think, in terms of being the, the number two team in that in that division. So the Wild are a loser to me, and and I think, unfortunately for them, they're going to be a loser for quite a while because of the, these contracts that they bought out. I didn't go Minnesota, but I do think there's a, a large question mark in terms of their goaltending because you wanted a 50-50 split. You agreed to terms with Marc-Andre Fleury expecting there to be a 50-50 split, and now all of a sudden, by virtue of Cam Talbot and and the bridge burned there, you're not getting a 50-50 split with Marc-Andre Fleury and Philip Gustafson. You're just not. It's just not going to happen. So you have to hope that Marc-Andre Fleury, at 37 years old, is able to hold up to playing 55-66 games, somewhere in that in that 55-64 to 64 games. That's what you need from Marc-Andre Fleury, and it's got to be elite. Like It has to be elite because you don't have the the added offense in your lineup like the the Minnesota Wild do. Now maybe Matt Boldy comes in and he's phenomenal and you know you've got a, a guy on an entry level contract that is is filling in what you lost from Kevin Fiala, but to me, um the biggest question mark surrounding the Minnesota Wild is whether or not Marc Andre Fleury can shoulder the majority of the load in net when he was looking at it from a fifty fifty split perspective. But they're not my third loser, third place loser, whatever you want to call it. Uh, that is clearly and and very much um, res, res, uh, reserved for the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, the Chicago Blackhawks traded away Kirby Doc, and they traded away Alex Dabrinkit. They let Dominic Kubalik walk. They let Dylan Strom walk. And the replacements. Are you ready for this, Chapman? Oh, yeah. Are you yeah. ready? Yes. Are you ready for this? <laughs> I can't Mac- wait. Max Domi and Andreas Athanasiu both signed one-year, $3 million deals for the Chicago Blackhawks. And here's the kicker. 
Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves are still on the team. They're still on the team. I know you can't force Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves to to waive their no-move clauses, but that's essentially what all the moves have been designed to do. Kyle Davidson is playing chicken right now with Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves. It's like, you don't think I'll tear it down more? I will. You just have to wave, and I'll trade you, and I'll get this whole thing moving in the right direction. But right now, none of it makes any sense because Chicago's just terrible. They're just bad. They're going to be bad. It's not going to be a good thing going into next year. And it's really, really funny that you didn't believe, you didn't think that having Alex DeBrinkett and Kirby Doc on your team better suited your timeline for getting better than having Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves see their contract out and signing Athena CU and Domi? What are you doing? <laughs> and I'm gonna I'm gonna just pour a little more salt in the wound here because here they were thinking uh, they were they were stripping everything down and they were gonna have all this cap space yeah. and then they got yep the slam dunk of Duncan Keith retiring and all of a sudden you're now on the hook for another five and a half million dollars against your cap for this year. So uh, I, I don't think they care because quite honestly, they're looking to lose <laughs> on purpose, but I, I think they signed Alex Stalock. So, so good for Alex to, to find his way back to the league. But Oh, uh, oh and, and they traded for, for Peter, Peter Mrazek. So it's a great, it's a great tandem there. I would, I, I think I would have rather have kept Lincoln in than, than sign uh, Staylock, but I, I don't know, man. It's it's. One I, of those... I would have. I I don't know about you, Chapman. <laughs> I, I would have rather not traded Alex to Brinkett, but yeah. that's me. <laughs> those those are your winners and losers so far uh, from free agency in the NHL. We're gonna take a break. When we come back, we'll do one timers. But before we get there, we've got another pair of tickets for Battle for Vegas. Important on this. Listen up. If you can go and you want to go and you win, you must pick the tickets up on Monday. From the radio station, 702-876-1340. It's a pair of tickets to Battle for Vegas. Caller number four, you're a winner. 702-876-1340. Caller number four, one-timers, it's next. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insiders Show. One-timers brought to you by Paul Powell. More lawyers, less fee. Do you think Johnny Gaudreau owes anyone anything? Especially people in Calgary. Like, does Johnny Gaudreau owe the city of Calgary, the fans of the Calgary Flames, does he owe them an explanation at all, Chapman? No. No, he doesn't. The the, the idea (laughs) that, that he would owe... The fans or, or the team or anyone. Look, he, I'm sure he spoke with the team, and I'm sure it was an amicable split. Mm-hmm. But no, and, and he mm-hmm. certainly doesn't owe the media in, in Calgary any explanation. So it, here's, here's what brings this about. Uh, senior columnist with Sportsnet in Calgary, Eric Francis, was on radio yesterday and and I believe Eric Francis asked Johnny Gaudreau at his introductory press conference with the Blue Jackets what kind of led into the decision making to leave Calgary and then Francis was upset he said I I think you owe the city a little bit more than that quote meaning that 
as in, uh, I just thought it was time for a change. I like, didn't want to offer up the ins and outs, the particulars of the decision-making that went into Johnny Gaudreau leaving Calgary. Uh, Francis went on to say w during this interview, uh, they were willing to make him one of the highest paid players in the world, and he in turn turned around in the 11th hour, and he stabbed them in the back, end quote. Listen, Johnny Gaudreau didn't have any choice in where he was drafted. Johnny Gaudreau never picked the Calgary Flames as the organization that he wanted to start his career with. Johnny Gaudreau negotiated a contract that walked him to free agency. As is his right, he went to free agency. And the entire time, he communicated openly with the Calgary Flames. They gave him opportunities. They gave him contracts on the table. He decided not to use them. He decided not to cash them in. He decided to leave money on the table to leave Calgary and go closer to home. The fact of the matter is, if you were that worried about it, trade him at the deadline. You don't want to lose him for free, trade him at the deadline. But you know what? You had a team that thought that they could win. So you're not going to trade him at the deadline. It's a crapshoot. You, you don't get to move the goalpost now that he decided to leave. It's his right to do so. He negotiated a contract that got him to free agency this summer. And really, when you boil it down, athletes don't owe anybody anything. They don't owe anybody anything. The real crux of this is that Johnny Gaudreau didn't want to tell you why he left Calgary because he didn't actually end up getting to go to the team that he wanted to go to. Johnny Gaudreau wanted to be a Philadelphia Flyer. Let's not get this twisted. And it doesn't seem like a good business proposition for Johnny Gaudreau sitting at his introductory Columbus Blue Jackets press conference to say, well, you know, the real reason that I left Calgary is because I thought Philadelphia would give me an offer. You just can't do that. No, and, and you know, to, to, to take this one, one step further, loyalty is a two-way street, right? Like, how many times do the teams trade away players, right? Like, a guy signs a deal in one city, and all of a sudden, he's on his way out because the team, for whatever reason, wants to move him. I mean, you, you can't have it both ways. The, the, the thing is, I, I understand why Calgary fans and, and, and some people in the media would be upset. Look, I, I get that. I mean, I, I, I was upset when Marc-Andre Fleury was traded. I think a lot of the fans, maybe to this day, still are upset about that. You, but you get over it because you realize it's a business. And the other aspect of it is that Johnny Goudreau, had he won a Stanley Cup in Calgary and then left... Do you think the fans and the media would, would react the same way? Like, if they would have beaten Edmonton, and then they go and beat Colorado, and then they beat Tampa and win the Stanley mm -hmm. Cup, are they still this upset because the team decided to hold on to him and not trade him away? Like you mentioned, Calgary did the right thing here. They held on to him. They put a team around him that they thought was good enough to win a Stanley Cup. They went out and they signed a goalie who, unfortunately for them, didn't play very well in the, in the Battle of Alberta. They were not better than the Edmonton Oilers in that series, and they lost. But the, the idea that Johnny Goudreau owes the, the, the fans in the city of Calgary an explanation? No, he he, he really doesn't. I, I'm, I'm sorry. He doesn't owe you anything. Did you, did you see the, the video on Twitter of the, uh, of the weatherman? I did. Calgary? I did. <laughs> I saw that. That was he, he chose chaos, that guy. 
Like, are you surprised at how salty they are I, there in Calgary? I I am a little bit. Um, look, it, they take they take their they take their sports serious up there, especially when it comes to the Flames. I mean, we we watch their games and we we see every single person in the arena wearing the same exact jersey. It, it, it it's crazy, but I I understand uh-huh. it. And and the, the the funny people here to me, like the, the the local news people and the weather people, they they're fans and they get to have fun with this stuff. You yeah. and I we're supposed to be a little more serious. You know, I I couldn't do that, but. A weather guy, weathermen are always a little funny. I think you. Like, well, I could. Yeah. You know, you, you and Darren probably mm-hmm. couldn't, but I, I could probably get away with it. Guess what, guys? Go Devils, right? You know, so I could get away with that. Yeah. But like, there you go. You, you and you and Darren, you guys are well respected. You know, in the, in this profession, in this business, so so you you couldn't get away with it. But the weatherman is funny. Like I, I, I would love to see like Ted Pretty, with. Like, well, thanks for nothing, Max. You know, like, like I'd love to see something like that. Come on, Ted Brady, give it to me. Ah, uh, I'm taking right. it to that the max. You know, and weird. <laughs> yeah, don't do that, Chapman. That that was that was seriously not good. Um, Chapman, where where do you have you changed your mind on Kadri? Do you still think it's 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 Calgary? I I think my honestly. I don't think he wants to go to Calgary <laughs> because because it's it's like the Goudreau to oh. New Jersey. If he wanted to go yeah, there, true. he probably would have already been there. And and didn't Toronto try to trade him to Calgary once, and that didn't exactly work out. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I I I don't think he wants to go play there because I I'd like to think that if he did. They probably would have. There, there, there probably done. would have been talks, and there probably it probably would have been done. So I, yeah. I think he's maybe holding out for maybe more money, or he's holding out for someone else to step in. Kind of like it's kind of like the Johnny Goudreau situation. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm leaning off Calgary. I, I don't think he's going to go there now. The Edmonton Oilers. I don't know if you caught this at the draft, but the Edmonton Oilers are going back to their royal blue jersey set. Did you see that? I did, and it's fantastic. Okay, this is the second time they've gone, quote, back to these jerseys in the Connor McDavid era. Chapman, why do they keep screwing up a good thing? You mean, like, why do they change from that jersey to something else? Why why do they keep trying to change from that jersey? Why do they keep screwing up a good thing? The Edmonton Oilers should always be... In those classic jerseys that Wayne Gretzky made famous. Yes. They should always be in those jerseys. The fact that they wore those navy blue and orange monochromatic, even though it was two colors, terrible jerseys during the playoffs was an abomination. (laughs) And the next time the Edmonton Oilers get it in their mind that they need to rebrand again and change their color scheme again, don't. Yeah, I'm with you. You're welcome. Yeah, don't this this PSA brought oh. to you by the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Don't don't ever change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like the orange jerseys as an alternative, but that no, that, that no. oh no, see I bad. I'm a dork. I like orange, but like that royal mm-hmm. blue jersey, the Wayne Gretzky, the 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 the, the, the Yari yeah. Curry classic. Don't ever change. Don't it. overthink just, it. Just leave it. Yeah, keep it yeah. simple. It, it works so well. Um, okay, this is a non-hockey thing. Um, I, I saw it on Twitter the other day. I put my commentary on it, but it was essentially asking the question, 
what is the perfect song? Or is there a perfect song? What, in your opinion, is the perfect song? What say you, Chap? You know what? I, I saw that, and, and my, uh, my, my reply to that was House of the Rising Sun by the animals i just think it's 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 got everything in a song that i want there's a story it's it's a bit dark the music just hits like as soon as you hear that opening riff you're just like this is gonna be a badass song and and the out is is great like it's just a really good song my dad was a big like bluesy kind of guy he liked that that type of music so i listened to that a lot as a kid it's just to me. It's just such mm-hmm. a great song. It's probably not doesn't get the credit it deserves for being a great song. But I saw yours, and yours was pretty good too. Yeah, comfortably non-Pink Floyd. I don't know that there's a more perfect song in the world than that. Uh, I could probably come up with like seven or eight perfect songs. Yeah, you know, it it, it it it's it's that simple. I think for me, because each one will speak to you at different times, and they'll be perfect for different reasons. Uh, but the, the one that stands above the rest, in my opinion, is Comfortably Numb by Pink Floyd. Uh, so, again, with all the free time that you're going to have not listening to the VGK Insider Show, make sure you listen to the Aquabats and listen to Pink Floyd. Those are your one-timers brought to you by Paul Powell. More lawyer, less fee. We're wrapping it up next. Catching up with Chapman. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. All right, Ryan. Well, our last catching up with Chapman until after Labor Day. And, you know, I'd like to take the opportunity to just thank all of our listeners for uh, tuning in every single day. I talk to people all the time who say they, they are religious listeners of the show, even people in the media, which which always makes me feel good when I hear some of the local news people telling me that they listen to the show avidly and they're big fans of what we do. But uh, also I like to say for the first time in a long time, I have absolutely nothing planned during the summer. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I'm just going to relax by the pool, drink some cold brews, barbecue a little bit, and I'm going to catch up on some television. I, I I have two seasons of Stranger Things to catch up on, and uh, you know I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna start watching something new. I, I I have HBO Max, and I've I've been told Westworld is really good, and I I've never watched Boardwalk Empire, despite the fact that it's about Atlantic City, which is about 45 minutes to an hour from where I grew up. So. Uh, a lot of television to catch up on, and uh, I'm going to enjoy the time off. I know that. How about you? You got anything planned? Uh, nothing. Literally nothing planned, at least not right now. Um, really, I, I want to echo kind of your sentiments. Thank you to everybody that, uh, that listens to the show, that interacts on Twitter uh, with all of us on social. It, it, is, uh, it is a grind. Like I don't think that you or I are ever going to – to, to not acknowledge the fact that it's it's a grind going through these seasons sometimes. But uh, we are incredibly humbled and deeply, deeply appreciative of everyone that listens, everyone that interacts, everyone that follows along for the ride. Um, as far as, as, as plans, I, I don't have anything. I, I really i am looking forward to um, just hanging out, just chilling out and relaxing, spending some time with the family, spending some time with my wife and kids. Uh, who I, I think are going to grow tired of me probably within the next 10 days. Uh, but Chapman, finish up Stranger Things, buddy. You, you're going to love Season 4. Yeah, my, you're absolutely going to love it. My 14-year-old is, has already finished it, and he told me, he's like, it gets darker. He's like, Season 2 was nothing compared to what's coming up. He's mm-hmm. like, Season 3 and 4 are fantastic. So when my 14-year-old is telling me that, I think I need to listen to him. I expect a full report in September, buddy. 
All right, we'll do. I'm serious. I'm, I'm not joking. No, no, I, I'm, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to have the time, so uh, I'll probably start this weekend. Um, thanks so much to everyone that listened, that followed, that subscribed, that was with us all year long. We deeply, deeply appreciate it. We will talk to you in September when training camp rolls around. It's the VGK Insider Show right here on Fox Vegas.